You're listening to Out of the Box, a place for marketers to get inspired, get going, and break out of the box. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Out of the Box, a marketing podcast exploring out-of-the-box approaches to marketing and growth. Today on the show, we have Will Larkham, who's account manager at Hannapin. Will, thank you so much for being on the show with us today. Absolutely excited to be here. So, so why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about uh, Hannapin? Uh, how did you end up there? What does the agency do? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Hannapin, um, we are a, a PPC agency. Um, got our a start uh, quite a while back by our CEO, actually, who um, to this day, we even have some of those clients that, you know, or live the single office room, if you will, um, you know, one to two members doing everything um, and grown quite considerably since. Uh, we have like myself, my vertical is very specific in the app world and in, in uh, user acquisition, um, but we are not like a single vertical um, agency, if you will, which I mean, given the current marketplace has been a really large benefit to us, um, you know, been diversifying across a lot of those. Um, but uh, beyond that, uh, actually big news from us that went public about ooh, two months or so ago is we got acquired. Um, or merged with Brain Labs, which is an agency out of London, um, a little bit bigger than us. Um, and now we um, have expanded quite a bit more instead of just PPC. We're in, uh, you know, really every aspect across the digital marketing landscape and SEO. Um, and, um, and yeah, it, 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 uh, it, it's been a great experience working for them so far. Do you find that sort of clients um, will take on what um, sort of more commonly take on full stack uh, services from Hannapin and or Brain Labs or will they sort of pick and choose like, well, we'll just do PPC with you. Or we'll just do SEO. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I, I think they would prefer that right when you um, are able to get that kind of full service agency and kind of consolidate a lot of that. Uh, communication and uh, chances are if an agency excels in one area, they probably have the infrastructure um, and training and background and, uh, and resources to really um, do quite well in the other. Um, but it's it's kind of early in the game for us right now. We very much expect that to be the case, but uh, we're, we're just kind of hitting the, uh, the portion where we're looking to expand those services and really give everyone that full suite uh, of mm-hmm. offerings. It's interesting in in when we talk about game growth, um, we often talk about uh, what we call the growth loop, which is kind of um, running growth as a kind of from a very holistic perspective and looking at kind of monetization um, and user acquisition uh, or growth uh, in kind of from the same in from one view. Uh, as opposed to um, kind of as opposed to, to dividing or siloing them up. Now, it's obviously it's it's easier to do this for mobile businesses um, or app businesses. It's easier to probably easier for games specifically to do this. But do you sort of find that, um, especially working in an agency model, that clients are good at looping you in to kind of the d- down funnel metrics or kind of post conversion um behavior of users or, or leads? Yeah, I, I definitely do. I think I think that's also been something that's, uh, you know, whether it's in the app world or elsewhere in digital marketing, that's something that's really become a, a huge focus. Um, you know, not, not I wouldn't say too recent, but in the, you know, in the last five years or so. And um, it, it's one of those things that some of the uh, 
the clients that are really succeeding in this marketplace are looking at those metrics, right? They're not just looking at the growth side. They're, they're uh, making sure that we're going after the right users. They're providing us uh, the, or, or we are also have access to the proper analytics that allow us to really see that value down funnel. And then that flips us back so that our growth mindset um, is, is uh, you know, really cohesive with that aspect. And I, I definitely think that's something clients are, are uh, getting stronger at communicating. Out of interest, um, how did you kind of end up choosing to work in digital growth uh, specifically? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say my, I, I had a little bit non-traditional route to, to marketing itself. That wasn't like the primary focus uh, of my undergrad career, but um, I did have a lot of experience um, in sort of analyzing media in general, but more so in uh, sort of the data and, um, and analytical side of it. And so as I graduated and, and started looking into that specifically, um, I, I was living in, in, I would call a semi-small town in southern Indiana, United States, um, and uh, and actually in like our, essentially, you know, my back uh, backyard found Hannapin Marketing, which, uh, you know, really has quite a roster of like international and, and national clients and didn't quite expect that from the city I was living in at the time. And and they just ended up being like the perfect match for me who came in with, uh, I would say, a little bit lack of experience there. Um, but they were willing to kind of put in the time to uh, to provide that and, in, in, um, you know, uh, sort of groom a skill set that they saw fit mm-hmm. for this industry. It, it kind of brings up an interesting question around kind of what do you need to succeed um, in growth? You talked about coming from a background of, of analysis um, and data. And I think um, I think certainly growth dramatizes a, uh, a tension that's present, I think, in all marketing between the art and the science of it or creative and um, hmm, what would we call the other side, maybe creative and data. And, and obviously the kind of really successful companies or really successful strategies will merge both of these things. Uh, so what we do here, for example, um, we have a kind of when we're running creatives we're looking at in-ad data we're looking at how a user's interacting with these creatives when do they drop off um and there is a way to merge them but do you think that getting started in in a career in growth or in digital you'd better have more of one than the other long long question (laughs) no no i love this i love this question actually uh jack or is completely in agreement with something that our like uh, our talent and HR recruitment team talks about a lot is like the PPC paradox of how um, you need that very analytical uh, numbers oriented skill set, but then it flips over into it's very much a creative of art, um, sort of the whole like uh, right brain versus left brain, not, like working simultaneously together. And I, I struggle to say which one. I feel like. I feel like you can really succeed um, with a varied mix of, you know, what what percent of you w- would you call is your analytical strength versus that? It, uh, it's just more or less that you definitely need a background on both sides of those um, so in order for it to, you know, uh, work in unison there properly. Do you think that um, growth is talking about kind of marketing more generally? Do you think growth is the future of all marketing? We'll sort of see the death 
of pure kind of brand uh, brand campaigns, um, sexy Super Bowl ads. I mean, obviously you can you can measure um, if if you're doing your job well, you can measure the impact of a Super Bowl ad um, down down the funnel. Um, but do you think that growth is going to eat the rest of marketing? Uh, you know, I don't think so. I think it's a huge component of it. I think that's like the primary selling point of so much of digital is that we are able um, to tell you that, that we were like, here's your, this is your budget X amount of dollars. And we can exactly tell you, um, you know, how many users did we grow? What was our, what was our base increase? I think uh, we kind of go in, in a cyclical fashion though, then where we start to talk, where we kind of loop back to that. Um, where if you just completely ignore that branding side of it, um, then your your growth efforts uh, are actually a lot of times restricted there. So uh, I, I don't think you can f- like forever just you know segment those two worlds and say just one is going to can uh, is going to cannibalize or take over the other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and what about sort of for someone just starting out uh, or considering a career in growth? Do you think there are a lot of opportunities um, for, I mean, is the market kind of saturated with growth talent uh, or are there still opportunities for people who want to make it? Um, is it hard to get started in growth? <laughs> I, I think to a degree it is hard, right? Just Just in general, because um, you know, you try to get that experience with, within college and then entry level jobs, one, you know, one to two years experience. So it's it's that sort of paradox. But I definitely think there's a ton of demand there still. I mean, uh, it's a market that's growing. Of course, we're seeing quite a bit of uh, change and fluctuations in the short term right now, um, given the marketplace. But uh, but I, from my experience, um there, you know, there's still quite a bit of growth, um, quite a bit of opportunities within my own company and have seen them around. So yeah, I think you make a great point. It's, it's, it's a crowded marketplace. Um, uh, but, but I don't see, um, sort of those opportunities drying up anytime soon. Um, even as we kind of enter, you know, a, a world where, um, you know, machine learning and AI really take over a lot of the more, um, remedial day-to-day tasks. I still think that human element and those opportunities are going to be uh, quite abundant. Uh, Let's talk a bit about the market. Um, I mean, obviously, we can talk (laughs) probably just about what's happened very recently, but but looking more broadly, let's say at the last year or two, um, what are some of the trends you're seeing picking up steam? So let's see. Uh, Right off the back, I... I don't want to talk too much about the trends that just are happening with, uh, you know, in relation to like the health crisis we're going through. Um, uh, just cause I, I think there's still just a little bit more out there, but I I've seen a lot of, um, the trends in this marketplace. One we kind of touched on already is that I think some of the more sophisticated clients have really been, um, you know, there was just such a huge focus, um, on just UA, right? On just growth. Um, but I think some of the more sophisticated clients have really started doing a great job of connecting lifetime value into it, uh, into retention, into uh, kind of the overall metrics there of actual user quality, not so much just growing their base. Um, I also think uh, uh, some of the trends here that have been really interesting in the market is um, is a lot more sophisticated creative as well. Not so much just like a, a throw out um, banners just get, get like really, really large reach, but looking at um, different engagement, different playables, different 
um, uh, platform diversification across it, just really um, kind of utilizing a lot um, more varied tactics instead of just sticking to the very like, you know, um, best practice, obvious platforms out there. Would you, would you categorize um, growth marketers as being today as mm-hmm. being risk averse or kind of very ready to try new things? Let's run with a new type of creative. Uh, let's try a new channel. Or is it sort of, I want to stick with social and search. I know what it does, what it says on the tin. I know what to expect. <laughs> I would say there, um, you pretty much can't be risk adverse just because of how quickly the market moves. Um, a lot of those, you know, if you stay completely risk adverse, um, you're going to be in the most crowded landscape all the time. And, and there's a reason why it's crowded, right? It works. It's, uh, it's reliable. Uh, you know exactly what and, and, and where you're going to be showing, um, uh, a hundred percent of the time it's just um but i think you have to go outside of that kind of you know basic playbook um in, in order to uh you know tap into the new inventory and the new trends in a way that really um you know accelerates growth just beyond um you know the traditional sort of uh schemes there and and what about challenges if you sort of now you have you're obviously going to have to handle this delicately uh but <laughs> some of the biggest challenges you face uh from partners or kind of clients who who let's say don't know how best to work with an agency <laughs> I think that's a um uh, a great question just because the, the biggest thing that you're always uh kind of competing with in, in those partnerships right is um uh that that proper balance of scale versus efficiency um, you know, there's there's always the desire to push higher to get more, um, uh, and of course, um, both on my side and on the side of the partner, um, there's benefit in that scale, right? Um, from both a revenue standpoint uh, and uh, in terms of what that means for just awareness across the market. But it, but it's always kind of that push to stay at the K, you know the KPIs that level of profitability for you um, and finding that that happy medium. Um, one other challenge that kind of comes to my mind when working with partners is, you know, we work in an industry where, um, quite frankly, turnover can be pretty high, right? Um, uh, you can have people, uh, you know, moving on to different new career opportunities. Um, just in general, the marketplace gets sh- shook up, um, even when there isn't uh, um, major circumstances outside of it like we have now. Um, and so kind of avoiding uh, as much as you can that revolving door of who your team is, whether it's internally or even with the partner. Um, I, I, there's a couple I've worked with, um, you guys included, um, who I've been working with the same people for, you know, three, four years now. Um, and uh, I mean, that sounds low, but in the general scheme of the marketplace, that's a lot of cohesion, a lot of time to really optimize um, on the platform and really just kind of get, um, you know, what we're about and, and, and what the partner's about. Uh, I think that's the obstacle that, um, you know, has been really big to, um, to address. Mm-hmm. And you, we've talked to, you've mentioned a couple of times, actually, um, sort of automation and, and creative. Do you think, and it, and it, re- it relates to our earlier 
sort of discussion around uh, left left brain, right brain. <laughs> Do you think that more automation will force growth marketers to be more um, agencies, in-house, anyone dealing with growth to be more creative, for want of a better word, to bring more uh, of a human touch? Now, assumedly, this applies to analytics as well because the machine can probably learn quite a bit. But at a, at a certain point, um, presumably, a human can look at something uh, and see and potentially see something that a, a machine would miss. How do you think automation is going to impact the industry and the people working within it? I, I think you're spot on. It's, um, it's a lot of those um, things that you know we can totally take away and we're skilled at bringing um, those kind of data and analytical uh, learnings away um, from it as an industry. Um, those are the kind of things that machine learning and those algorithms just, you know, uh, just smoke us out of the water. They're just so much quick at, at, at addressing those patterns, kind of zeroing in on that. Um, so I think you're spot on. It's that then um, it's all about the creative side, right? It's what, are we, what, um, what are we feeding this algorithm now in order uh, to properly get that data? And that, that breaks down to kind of um, the creative elements you're talking about, uh, the platforms that we go after, um, the, uh, the messaging that we're trying to utilize um, that's going to be productive mo- uh, both up funnel and eventually into the, uh, the actual growth aspect. Um, so, so ultimately, yeah, I, th- I think it kind of, um, as that really takes on more and more of it, we have to reinvent ourselves. Um, and where we provide those contributions. And looking at channels for a moment, um, we talked about trying new ones. How do you sort of see the um, the user experience, advertising experience differ from platform to platform, the creative or platform, I say platform to platform, I I should probably say channel to channel. how do sort of users experience things differently and what are the the pluses and minuses you don't have to go through all of them right, a sort right. of high level high level overview um what do some channels work better for than others yeah yeah absolutely um i i think a big com- com- like component of why you need platform diversity is because you're hitting people in every different sort of cycle of it um like we can't just stay in those areas where it's a hot audience all the time um you know like for search example, where they're literally telling us, hey, I want your product right now. Um, yeah, that's great. Um, but but at, at a certain point, um, th- that market runs out, right? And so that's why all these other platforms, whether it's um, it's preload, social, uh, programmatic display, like you were mentioning, that's where we're, we're able to um, really kind of energize this, this growth aspect where we're, we're now not just going after the demand, we're creating the demand. Um, and so I, I think that is just an, uh, an absolutely integral part of, uh, you know, of a long-term full funnel uh, growth strategy. And what's one channel that sort of has surprised you uh, in the last, let's say, year or two? Mm, let's see. Um, we, I, I, I wouldn't, so Top let's one. see. <laughs> I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you two here. The one, the first one um, is, um, in my mind, just programmatic display is a huge one. That's where we, we can really build this, um, build awareness, but still get really strong users from a lifetime value perspective. Um, I, I think uh, what surprised me is that um, 
hot versus cold audience if you target um, well enough in that cold audience, meaning someone who doesn't necessarily know they need that product yet, the lifetime value of it can still be as good as that person who came in and literally told you, hey, I want this app. I want this game. I want this. Um, and, and that's what we've really seen. Um, I think there's a lot of optimizations you can make in those channels, even in something like a, um, like a preload when you're, when you're looking at different um, you know, device models or, or, or different um, carriers. There's a lot of, uh, of tools at your disposal um, that even though that, that person um, might not have known they were in your audience, that uh, eventually is, <laughs> is, is the perfect fit for your app long-term, both for the user and for, um, you know, the company itself. And last, uh, more general, I guess, question what is the most out of the box marketing you've ever done uh, or seen done? Ooh, let's see. Um, the most out of the box marketing. So um, I won't name the client, but I will say the app is pretty uh, largely utilized, right? Like everyone, um, there's not a person who doesn't have value um, for, for essentially uh, like the news that they provide. Um, but what, what we determined is as we were doing um, some social tests uh, is that it didn't really matter what we thought our audience was, um, and it didn't really matter what we zeroed in on. If we were looking at travelers, commuters, um, uh, fitness buffs, what, whatever it was, they all seemed to perform really this, relatively the same. Just what we found uh, actually was that the larger the audience we were going after, the better performance we saw. Um, there was like almost no, exactly right. It was, <laughs> it was silly. It was, um, it like, that was the main correlation I was able to take away. So I was like, all right, you know what? I'm going to completely, um, our team was like, let's completely remove ourselves from this. Um, let's let the machine learning, uh, kind of go after it. And we just targeted nothing. We removed pretty much everything <laughs> other than geo. And we're like, all right, let's see what happens. And it worked wonderfully. <laughs> the problem wow. was, yeah, yeah, exactly. The problem is now I've removed myself from that targeting piece completely. And so it circles right back to what you were uh, talking about earlier. And it's, you know, once, once that component of, of, of AI is, is doing it, how do we reinvent our value? And that's where we really started to zero in on optimizing the creative. Um, and that worked really well. But but yeah, it was a scary moment, just taking all those kind of <laughs> safeguards away and letting it run. Um, I wouldn't recommend that for imagine. every. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't <laughs> recommend that for every industry or vertical. Sure. In fact, very few. But you know, it, it's worth considering um, if 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 you um, some of your uh, you know some of the variables of of, of your product match what I was talking about uh, a couple uh -huh. seconds ago. Yep. Very uh, very cool story. Uh, not what I was expecting a growth marketer to say. We just removed all the targeting and things went really well. Uh, but it makes sense, uh, I think, if I understand your story correctly. Um, Will, thanks so much uh, for today. This has been really interesting um, to get your perspective on kind of where we, where we see growth marketing and the industry going. Um, and everyone else, tune in. Thanks for listening, first of all. And tune in next episode for more uh, cool perspectives from awesome growth marketers. Thank you.